want to give Daniel a shout out for being one of the master quilters of this service. It was his idea to invite um, so many wonderful people to share about their quilts and to hear the stories of that. So thank you, Daniel, for that wonderful idea that's been such a blessing to have reminders that you can't go it alone, um, reminders that you'll make it through wrapped in the love of generations of past and future and present. Reminders um, that our visions can be big and colossal. <laughs> reminders that quilts can be a reminder of 1,681 moments of, of prayer and love for a special person. And they can be collections of blessings and memories. This quilt that is on the lectern is a quilt that was gifted to Tim, my husband Tim and I when we were married. It was created by my grandmother Judy and I learned recently that it came together um, because my mom thrifted most of the fabric for it. So she loves thrifting and so she thrifted most of the fabric from Goodwill for it. And um, it might also include some of my grandmother's velour tracksuits. <laughs> um, <but laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> and, um, and she did the hand stitching um, as well, the embroidery. So both of my grandmothers are quilters, and a number of great-grandmothers were quilters before them. And my family, handmade quilts have been a staple bed covering my whole life. Um, I even have a doll bed covering, <laughs> bed quilt from one of my great-grandmothers. And when my husband and I got married, like I said, we were given this crazy quilt, is how it is the name of the type of quilt that it is. And on the birth of our children, we were gifted quilts by family members and church members um, with pastels and animal prints. I have memories of my grandmother's sewing room with piles of fabric cut into triangles and squares or the dining room table holding space for fabric cutting. My grandmother and great aunt helped me piece together my first quilt when I was a young girl. It was a quintessential quilt for a young girl. The blocks were checker pattern, simple checker pattern, and featured sky blue, and what else but horses, <laughs> of course. And when our denomination, the Church of the Brethren, gathers for our annual conference each summer, there is a space of the conference center devoted to quilting. Quilters across the denomination send in quilting blocks from our church or district, and, and throughout the week of conference, experienced and inexperienced quilters or sewers lend their time to adding stitches to the quilts. And then they're auctioned off at the end of the week as a fundraiser, and one of the quilts or wall hangings is presented to the outgoing moderator or leader of the Church of the Brethren for that year. It's a whole cultural thing. <laughs> Quilting as an archetype might be as old as 4,000 BCE, and throughout the ages, it's an art that developed from necessity. Textiles, a precious, time-consuming resource to make, were not wasted, but refashioned and repurposed, either as pieces of a blanket or, if they're really at the end of their life, fill for the middle of the blanket. Quilts were the patchwork bedding of people who have lived simply, by choice, or by force and become symbols of hope, resilience, and resistance. During enslavement, quilts were used as a navigational tool by self-liberated people guiding them northward. There are stories and lore around all of the different meaning of the blocks used in the Underground Railroad, the different patterns signaling safety, danger, or a way forward. Most quilts are based on some kind of pattern. Even if this might not be a specific pattern, it's a type of quilt. 
Whether it's log cabin or flying geese, rising sun or north star, every quilt is usually based on a pattern. You can't look at any of these quilts up here or up there and tell me that women don't have a place in STEM. Our mothers and grandmothers have been using intricate geometry to make radiant quilts that bind memories and wrap families in love. Patterns give guidance and shape to a quilt. Patterns are the first thing a quilter will decide before beginning a quilt. And quilters can use multiple patterns within a quilt. My grandmother made a quilt for my sister that includes 90 variations on nine patterns, one pattern per square. In Romans 12, Paul invites us to imagine the patterns we use in giving shape to our own lives. Do not be transformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, he says. Quilting is transformation. Our ancestors created quilts from worn pieces of clothing, tablecloths, sacks, and other bedding to craft brilliant pieces of warm love with which to cover us. They took what was worn out and old and transformed it into something new, giving it new life and purpose. The patterns of this world. What patterns have we chosen with which to piece together our lives? Are there times where we are lured by the shiny patterns of me as opposed to we, which exalts individualism, but is really a threadbare design? Has a pattern of white supremacy been used to stitch together our understanding of the world, harming God's beloved or separating us from our own humanity? What patterns do we choose subconsciously that don't honor God and God's creation? Maybe that your worth is found in how hard you work and what you can produce. We may follow patterns that put people into boxes and don't hold the complexities or the non-binary thinking of God. We might believe the lies that any kind of tension is bad instead of leading to deeper relationship and grading understanding if we make our way through. These patterns don't hold a quilt together. They leave gaping holes, allowing the cold and wind to seep through. These stitches are loose, causing the fabric to tear away one from the other. My grandmother gifted me valuable pieces for my first sewing kit. A pair of small, very sharp fabric scissors, only to be used on fabric, stored in a little leather sheath, thimbles, needle threader, but one of the most important pieces of my sewing kit was a seam ripper. <laughs> Knowing laughs. <laughs> a seam ripper is used to take out a seam, either tearing apart the seams of clothing to reuse, or more often for beginners like me, <laughs> ripping out a seam when you've made a mistake sewing. Ripping out a seam can be tearful work, especially if you spend a great deal of time sewing pieces together. Sometimes there are tears of lament as work is undone, but it's necessary work if we want a finished piece to be proud of. I imagine there are ways in which we need to take a seam ripper to the ideologies and theologies we and our broader culture have used to stitch together a piecemeal quilt that's not really serving anyone. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but transform them. Rip open the seams of white supremacy. Rip open the seams of productivity as worth. Rip open the seams of toxic masculinity. Rip open the seams that disconnect us from our food, the land, and God's creation. Rip open the seams. 
so that we might transform the pieces into a new pattern. As we take out the seams of old systems and seek to transform our pieces into something new, what patterns do you imagine we should choose for the quilt of our life and faith? The life and teachings of Jesus, but more specifically those not rooted in white supremacy or patriarchy, but those of black liberation, womanist theology, which advocate for the liberation of all people and all creation. The patterns of St. Benedict, who pattern a life of prayer and work that has spoken to people seeking balance in all walks of life. And patterns of the early church who held all in common, maybe spiritual and secular patterns of radical welcome and hospitality, patterns of beloved communities that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. called us to, patterns of creation care that stretch beyond stewardship or dominion to encompass the land as teacher and rabbi. What patterns have we used to give shape to our lives? And what patterns might God be setting out for us to use instead? If Richmond Hill were a quilt, and God the master quilter, I imagine she's using the patterns of Jesus' life and teachings, the patterns of black liberation, the patterns of St. Benedict and monastic life, the patterns of the early church and beloved community as a model to piece us all together. There are so many influences which do and should make up our community. Some we lean into more heavily than others, but ones which God desires to pattern our lives after. I imagine her fingers hurt from time to time, bent over our quilt, pushing the needle faithfully through stubborn pieces of fabric, binding us one to the other. We resist being joined one to the other or find it hard to be community sometimes. I imagine she sits back sometimes and marvels, too, as one block comes together, the varied pieces of us coming together in love and mutual respect. I imagine her holding our discernment process as she selects pieces of fabric, new members, sewing them into the ongoing quilt when the time is right. Like a grandmother who makes quilts to gift to loved ones, God is binding our community together so that we might be a gift, too, that we might be a covering of love and healing, that people can come and find rest, warmth, and healing here. Often there's one person, or maybe a couple, who piece a quilt together, which means assembling all of the blocks, uh, shapes and blocks, to make the face of the quilt or the design. One of the next steps is attaching the face of the quilt to the batting, which is the inside of the quilt, and then the backing essentially making like a little quilt sandwich. These pieces can be attached by these huge machines called long arm quilting, or it can be done by hand in large quilting frames. At our church denomination's annual conference, I have memories of these large wooden frames with five or six or seven women, and sometimes men and children, situated around the edges of the quilt, adding their stitches to join the pieces of the quilt together. At conference, a cohort of women would remain and sew all week, but they welcome people to drop in and add stitches here and there. Women in African-American and European cultures have gathered together for events like this for generations. They're often called quilting bees. This This work becomes more joyous, more delightful, more communal when we are working on this thing together, even if we're only adding stitches for a season. 
We can imagine that God is the master quilter, and perhaps we're all invited to join God around the quilting frame, hovering over the pieced quilt and finished patterns, joining in the binding together. Goodness knows, at Richmond Hill especially, we can't do the work of hospitality, of racial and social justice, or prayer alone in silos or vacuums. This work calls us to come together, to gather around the quilting frame, around the patterns God has called us to fashion our lives around. Patterns of black liberation, which is about liberation for all. Patterns after Jesus's life, example, and teachings. Patterns of care for the least of these. Patterns of welcome. These patterns come together based on God's design, and God calls us to help stitch this thing together lending our time, talent, and creative energy to the binding of these patterns and imperfect pieces into a covering of warmth for our metropolitan community. As we've seen tonight, every quilt tells a story. The blessing of God being our master quilter is that she invites us into a great big story, a story of love that stretches beyond death or liberation for all peoples, or communities rooted in self-giving love, a story of a relationship that stretches through time and space and never gives up. God invites us to choose the patterns of our life wisely, using the pieces of our lives to fashion and transform the world more in the image of the patterns of God's design. Our call is to reflect that in all that we do. And for many of us here, our calls have led us to contribute to Richmond Hill's story for a season. For some of the quilts shared tonight or from our own lives, the original quilters who created and gifted the quilt won't know how far the quilt story stretches. One quilt in my family belonged to my great-grandmother that she made from scraps. She has no idea of the life that quilt has had with me as far as Ohio or on grassy knolls on picnics with my sister. She doesn't know how her stitches, craftsmanship, creativity, and love continue to bless us, warm us, wrap around us. And in this ministry of hospitality, we may see some of the fruits of our cleaning, dishwashing, retreat planning, hospitality, conversation hosting, and on and on. We may see some of that, but there are also stories of healing and transformation that we might have helped foster that we don't know anything about. The Spirit brings people here for a season, and she journeys with them, hopefully the blessing in the memory of this place enfolding them like a well-worn quilt. May we all be a part of transforming forgotten and worn things into moments of beauty. May we all gather around the quilting frame, so to speak, and lending our stitches, our time, and energy to the ministry of hope and healing that can be found here. May we not be afraid to use our tools seam rippers if we have to, when we need to say sorry or rip open broken systems. And may we all know that God's spirit pervades our work if we allow her patterns to lead and guide us along the way. May it be so. Amen.